Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, I got Joshua Shin from Young Voices, commentator, also holds an MA in economics and undergraduate degrees in sociology and psychology. Should be interesting. We're going to chop it up about cancel culture. Joshua, good day, brother. Welcome. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I don't want to presume what you know or believe about cancel culture. So if you would, give us your sentiment as it relates to the topic. Yeah, of course. I'd like to first state that I'm not coming at this from a partisan perspective. I've been canceled both from the right on evolution in high school and on the left on meritocracy in my sociology program. Okay. So I would like to approach, but I do believe that cancel culture is a net negative for two reasons. First off, I think that cancel culture is easy and therefore is leaves people unprepared for real activism and real difficult discussions. And two, I think it creates a culture of silence and shaming that enables gatekeepers and reduces actual debate and discussion. So to start on the first point, this is an analogy I'm using for the first time here. But I think that cancel culture is very similar to video games and dangerous in the same way, in the sense that Both of them provide a very simple problem with a clear solution. So people get addicted to doing something, right? But that doesn't reflect the real world in the way that activism, organizing, etc. does. The sense of achievement by psychologists, this is gonna get a little technical, but it's called the triumph circuit in the brain, where the the feeling of getting something done is very powerful and that becomes addicting and kind of cathartic. And I think that's dangerous for discourse. Okay, so let me ask you to to define the variable. What is cancel culture in your interpretation? Okay, I believe that cancel culture has to do with shaming, but it's a little different. I think that using social pressure to change behavior is very normal and very human. What sets cancel culture apart is the appeal to the mob and appeal to institutions. So it feels like there's a much larger force than having a one-on-one conversation with a neighbor or a friend. I think that, I also believe that government censorship gets lumped in with cancel culture. And those those are both problematic, but for different reasons. Cancel culture as a public shaming is more about mob violence and the argument against democracy where things become heated and are defined in the moment. Whereas government censorship is defined by an opposition to tyranny. So again, I think that these what makes cancel culture different than talking to a friend or government censorship is that appeal to the masses. And I think that's enabled by social media nowadays. Okay, um, I think that there is an overuse at times of cancel culture. I think sometimes there's a knee jerk reaction, uh, but that's really part of, of sociology. That's part of humanity, brother. That's not something that's new in the culture. Uh, we have all had what we know as social normalities. You hold an undergraduate degree in sociology, you understand social norming, social normalities, and the grounded theory and how those grounded theories work. And how we've always had these constructs within our human existence. So none of these are 
significantly new in any way. Definitely the platforms are different because of how we have been able to utilize social media, 24 hour news cycle. The opportunity for us to engage people at record speed has promoted it a little more, but it's definitely not different. So let me go to, let's say people that should be canceled. Do you agree that there are some people in the culture that should be socially and publicly shamed? Um, I think I think that there is a case for it. But what what the left currently overlooks as they cancel people nowadays and what the right mistook in the past when I was canceled is that it requires a certain amount of privilege and, and having won the culture wars to be able to cancel someone. So. What I'm afraid of is that right now the people who cancel use that as an excuse not to learn the best arguments and instead use it to try to as a quick way out, right? The people who this is the same thing that I equate with activism and showing up to a BLM rally versus going to a school board meeting. Those are two different things, but I would define one as activism because it applies pressure to a formal system as opposed to cancel culture, which doesn't and generally just makes a lot of noise. Let me let me get clarity. Are you calling the protest of Black Lives Matter an engagement in cancel culture, but the school board engagements, you would call that activism? Correct. And um, that's ridiculous. Well, well, no, specifically not cancel culture. Let me take that back. So okay. BLM is not about cancel culture, but it is a form of demonstration. However, in my area, I live in Fairfax, Virginia, which is just outside DC. I went to the gun store the same day as the same weekend as the BLM march. And I can tell you that the line at the gun store was more diverse than the march in town. Just because these federal workers that can't earn overtime are showing up at a BLM rally. For me, that is an activism in the same sense that, again, showing up to a school board to protest CRT is. I, I. CRT has its own problems with cancel culture too, right? The right is trying to cancel and ban CRT. Well, brother, you're making the point I was about to make. So when we're talking about school boards, and allow me to opine for a moment because I've allowed you to put out a lot yeah. of what you believe. When we're talking about cancel culture, I don't think you get to have it both ways. What you see happening at school board meetings is in fact, not de facto, but in fact, cancel culture. Because literally what they're saying at these school board meetings is that not only are we going to cancel you, we are willing to fight you physically, we are willing to vote you out politically, and we're also willing to break the law statutorily. That is your premise of cancel culture. And they are calling individuals who make common sense legislative decisions such as mask mandates or mask protocols, they're doing things like calling them Nazis, etc. Once again, a derivative of cancel culture. So I don't see how you can make a comparative analysis and suggest and flat out even say that what's happening at school board is activism and what's happening with Black Lives Matter is cancel culture. It's the exact opposite, brother. When you go to a Black Lives Matter protest, they're talking about inclusion. They're talking about coalition development. They're talking about uh, social dynamics that need to progress in the United States of America. You go to one of those school board meetings that you just brought up, they're talking about killing people. They're talking about fighting people and they're talking about canceling individuals from leadership roles. So tell me how in the world, brother, do you come to a conclusion that parents at a school board meeting engaging in that kind of criminal activity 
are, are part of activism and advocacy, but Black Lives Matter, those protesters are not. Okay, yeah, so there's a couple things there. First off, there are aspects of showing up to a school board meeting, I think, that do not, uh, that are not acceptable. Threatening violence is not acceptable, but at the same, but on the other hand, I do believe that it is activism to work and try to get someone out of office voting. Because that again, that's a more formal mechanism than public shaming and something that the activists have, the activists what's, and what's citizens wrong, have brother, more. I'm sorry I gotta interrupt brother, I'm a student of history. What is wrong with public shaming? And let me provide some context for you. Because you have already admitted on my show that you understand the value of how social behavior can be shaped by what people are ashamed to do. You already know the value of that. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. understood the value of that. And that's why he, through his strategy, said he's going to places that have the most adversarial white supremacists. And he's going to make sure the media is there to shock the soul of America. He wasn't talking about black America, he was talking about white America. Black America was well aware of the discrimination and the tactics used against them. So he used shaming and dynamics of social shaming and cancel culture, if you want to call it that, in order to publicly shame others. Tell me what's wrong with the methodology of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I'm not objecting to the methodology per se. I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out the fact that the ability to cancel again comes with in some part institutional leverage and having won the culture wars. This is why you don't see it. This is why, for example, I object to the own the libs type of conservatives because at the end of the day, we don't really have the institutional power to leverage those into change the way that the left does now. What I'm warning against is that cancel culture is a a symptom and a sign that there is some privilege there. And this is why progressive activists feel some level of discomfort that maybe cancel culture has gone too far. Now you say you were canceled, brother. Yes. Um, Tell me your experience, what what makes you canceled? How did you get canceled? Okay, Um, both of my examples actually are from before social media. So I hope this can be um, something that the listeners can learn from. On the right, in the early 2000s, there was a debate over whether or not to teach evolution in schools alongside intelligent design. My biology teacher was targeted, he was not white, he was Indian, Dr. Singh. So one snuck into his classroom and wrote, you're going to hell on his whiteboards and permanent marker. I wrote an op-ed to the paper, a letter to the editor defending the teaching of evolution. And multiple people I showed it to discouraged me. They said, that's not a good idea. You're not gonna like the attention. That sounds like a personal attack. Everyone except the editor, the teacher of that class, of the newspaper class. She encouraged me, but at the end of the day, I withdrew it. That's a type of informal shaming that discouraged discussion. I'm attacking casual culture, not because shaming is bad or not necessary, right? I play video games. I know a lot of people personally that deserve to be shamed in that in that subculture, but it's more, does it help discussion and help progress, right? On the right, on the left, in my sociology classes, I my parents are small business owners, like a lot of Korean Americans are, and defending small business, defending meritocracy, also got a lot of pushback because they found it very difficult to gel with their idea of Marxist economic theory. Not the yeah. only theory, yeah. But those are my experiences. Brother, come thoughts? on, man. 
first of all, for it to be cultural, it has to be socially normative. You know that that's the root definition of culture. What you just described is argumentation, debate, and disagreement. You've described pushback. You have not described cancel culture here. Mm. Uh, well, as my I define that as my lived experience, right? So the discomfort that I experienced from multiple people on the left and the right were sufficient to get me to to get me to shut up in terms of the newspaper. But you decided or, to do that. But I, I I would submit to you um, that. Um, I get way more hate mail. Um, people email me, call me the N word, tagged on social media, all kind of stuff, right? Uh, that happens every day. Every single mm. day of my life, I have people that do that because of my stance as it relates to social issues, policies, etc. Um, I also know that they're not the majority. They're not part of the the social norm. Uh, those individuals are not the culture. Uh, it's not a, a culture cancel or cancel culture dynamic. It's the push and pull, it's the entanglement of human existence. It's the fight of education, enlightenment that we all must engage in. People are going to disagree with you, brother. Some people are going to just flat out not like you without reason or cause. And there are some people who are willing to hold on to an old lie then accept a new truth regardless of what you bring to their doorstep. So what you're describing to me more so fits with a a social dynamic that's simply a part of humanity rather than cancel culture. So my pushback to that is that it has amplified to the point that the silence is palpable. And that culture of being uncomfortable saying what you want to say empowers the loudest people with the most capital, social capital, political capital, or money, right? They're the ones that take charge of the discussion because the rest of us don't feel comfortable speaking out. All right. I think that is so a, maybe. I think that's an impact of cancel culture. Okay. And yeah. um, that's something I will point to that is a personal experience that translates to a macro. Right. Problem. What if what if the person wants to say something racist publicly? You see, here's what happens, brother. When you submit commentary for When you submit commentary publicly, here's what you should expect. Either public ridicule or public praise. That's what happens. You don't get to submit things publicly, say things on the record, be bold about your position, your political stance. And then say, "Oh no, 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 but don't give me any pushback. Don't disagree with me. Don't have a vigorous or rigorous debate with me about it because now you're canceling me. No, if you say something that's racist, hey, you have the right, the freedom to say it. But you will have significant cultural pushback because we are transforming hopefully better as a nation, right? Those things, in my opinion, should be shamed. You don't agree? I do agree, but what I would, what I criticize is that the people being targeted or hurt by racist comments aren't necessarily the ones that get to participate or decide what is racist and what is not. For example, Washington DC is 30 minutes away. They recently had to rename their football team because Redskin was racist. Even though polling showed that nine out of 10 Native Americans didn't think it was racist. And in fact, a tribe had lobbied to replace that logo from the old one, which was an R, to to the picture of the Indian chief. This is an example of how activism gets taken out of the hands of the people that are trying to be defended and be taken care of. 
And you're, that's you're, a dynamic that I think misguided. is dangerous. You're misguided on that study. The survey model that they used for that study included individuals that were part native or subscribed to be part native American. And you got this composite of a very skewed conclusion that the majority of them were not offended. However, full blooded native Americans, that number flipped the other way and they were severely offended. Nine out of 10 were severely offended, 90% plus. So brother, when you come with these stats, I'm a well read guy, very familiar with the study. And you represent one angle of that study where basically a lot of individuals that personally identified as white with some level of Native American in them were able to participate in that survey. And then you spew that survey as if ah, Native Americans weren't even offended by this. When the truth is, you know that full blooded Native Americans were. I also do know that in a very recent study on political correctness, the most the demographic that was most likely to disapprove and believe that political correctness was a problem was Native Americans at 89%. Whites were lower at 79% and blacks weren't much lower than that at 75%. I understand to head off the question that political correctness is not necessarily cancel culture. However, it is one of the levers that people use to cancel someone and it's not popular. Right, so cancel culture, there is no, nothing wrong in itself of someone using social pressure to change behavior. What I, again, what I, what I ignored, what is ignored and what I would like to bring attention to is that the people who get to participate in that discussion are not the necessarily the ones that benefit from it. Yeah, and I got you on that, but, but I will say, let's say if I'm having a discussion about equity in America and race relations. Um, I, I don't. I don't want a member of the KKK in that discussion. I don't give a damn what he has to say. Uh, that that's not what I would not invite them. I would kick them out of whatever room I'm in. Uh, I would not uh, be in their presence to have that kind of legitimate uh, discussion in America. Because to me, uh, they are canceled, and they should always be canceled anytime they try to seek legitimacy through a platform or social exchange. How am I wrong for that? I don't think that's wrong per se. I just think that there are certain opportunities that we miss out on when we aren't willing to engage the other side. An example is immigration under Trump. There were at some point six or seven bills in the House that were looking to reform immigration, but because of in part Trump's attitude, but also Democrats choice to not engage with with goodwill and people who really want to change the system. People who are never at the table for immigration discussions were for the first time. And because of cancel culture, because of the bad optics of that, people avoided it. And we've passed the buck onto this administration, which in most most people will agree is really butchering the situation on the border. Oh, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I do agree and that discussion is very important. For sure. All right, on that brother, my producers are telling me to wrap it up. It's been a fun discussion, man. I have not considered some of the things you have presented, but I definitely still believe that Utilizing social influence as well as protest in order to publicly shame negative racist behavior is a tool in the toolbox. Now, can that tool be utilized incorrectly? Of course, brother, any tool can be perverted. But I appreciate you being on Indisputable. Thank you, man. It's been fun. Yeah, no, thank you very much for thank you for having me.